Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans and is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I'm what you'd call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2022 MLB offseason lockout. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Alex and I coming at you. It is March 1st. Alex, first recording we've had in about, honestly, almost a month. Uh, yep. We, we thought we were going to break some good news to you guys today, but we had to bring the bad news to start off the month of March, Alex, to kind of sum things up. Um, we're going to be missing some games this MLB season. Yep. So it looks like today uh, MLB and the players uh, could not reach a deal uh, the first week pretty much of the season will be canceled so that means for some teams the first seven games for other teams the first six games so we're looking at about 156 to 155 games right now but of course if nothing gets settled alex we'll probably see more games missed we could see the first month canceled which some teams they might be happy because the first month could just be kind of a uh, group of death when it comes to t- players or, or teams that they're playing. For some teams, it could be kind of a good start to the season as they have a pretty easy schedule if you look at last season's rankings with some of the teams. But just, of course, wanted to talk about that today with the fans. Uh, also go over some breaking news that happened today, Alex. Derek Jeter stepping down as the CEO of the Miami Marlins. We'll get more into depth with that. But, of course, kind of focus on what's been happening in the last, I would say, honestly, 24 hours. Me and you, we both thought that there could have been a deal last night, February 28th. Um, there was a lot of momentum move, momentum moving forward. Uh, some things already got done. There was a lot of agreements last night, but they extended the deadline to today, March 1st, uh, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time to get the deal underway. If they could not reach the deal, then, of course, they would be canceling the first week of the season, which, of course, happened. So we'll get more into that, more in-depth into that. And then um, also, me and Alex will be talking about uh, some of the free agents that, of course, are still on the market and basically just talking through which teams we feel would be most beneficial with them added on. I know we've been talking about this for the past couple of months. I think everybody in the world, of course, missing baseball. We all miss the hot stove and the free agent market with uh, the way it ended in the beginning of December. We really want that to continue. And honestly, when this thing hopefully in a week or so picks back up if we can get the lockout over you're going to see free agents dropping like flies <laughs> if that's puts in good terms because uh a lot of these guys need to find a new home need to find a new team and pretty much quickly get into that new system new franchise so that they can of course make themselves available on opening day but alex let's kick it off with Derek jeter and the miami marlins he is of course stepping down as the CEO, I think it was also the owner slash president. Um, was he? He was in charge of a lot of different things, wasn't that? Yeah, I think the official title was CEO. I'm not sure if he, uh, you know, I think a lot of times these guys who get called CEO or president of baseball operations, they probably wear multiple hats in the org. But at the end of the day, he was a one of the vocal figures in terms of you know, you know, 
how much money are we spending on this guy, that guy? What's the direction of the franchise? And Travis, what I will say is the common perception online based on what I've been reading on Twitter and, and you know, all over the place. Um, a lot of people seem to think that the main reason Jeter is stepping away from the Marlins is because uh, based on the, the way the CBA was going, uh, maybe the Marlins weren't willing to really kind of spend a bunch of money based on the way the uh, uh, the CBT, the collective bargaining tax or whatever, mm-hmm. was uh, going to uh, be implemented. I guess there was kind of a, a probably a worry from Jeter, a fear that the Marlins were not in win-now mode. They did make some good moves. Uh, already got Avisel Garcia. People were talking, you know, could they try to go for Correa? Could they try to make a splash here or there? But at the end of the day, I think the perception was probably that they are not going to make a big splash. And I think because of that, Jeter probably wanted out. Um, obviously, a competitor, five-time champion as a player, there's no way he wants to kind of stick around for a long rebuild, right? He doesn't want to be part of a slow process. He's been there for a little while now. He traded some big names, Travis. He traded Stanton, traded Yelich, got back a lot of uh, youth, a lot of prospects in return. Some of them have panned out. Some of them have not. But at the end of the day, he's already gone through a bit of a rebuild. And if the team is not ready to jump at a point where Travis, I'll say that the vision is kind of weak. I mean, it's probably as weak as it's going to be. You know, the Braves or an 88-win division winner. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the Mets and the Phillies were like not that close to the wild card race. They were yeah. kind of in it a little bit at the end, but but not really, right? Like there was like at least a few teams ahead of them in the wild card race. Yeah. So um, it would not be a bad time for the Marlins to jump on the win now mode. Um, obviously, they still have some youth, so maybe give Sixto Sanchez some time to get better and stuff like that. But some of the other, uh, some of the great pitching prospects they have might need a few years. But I think Jeter wanted to make a splash, and I'm assuming that the organization was not on the same page. So he's now out. Um, I could definitely see him, Travis, picking up a similar role with a bigger name team now. Um, do you think that the opportunity is there for him to go to the Yankees as some sort of uh, a voice in the in the front office? Um, do you think that you know a CEO or a president of baseball operations job somewhere else uh, is a good fit for him? You think he stays around the game? Yeah, I think uh, the Yankees have to be the clear favorite. I know today a lot of a lot of big time analysts and media guys were saying, you know. Derek Jeter leaving now basically the Yankees have to pretty much create a create a role for him because they need to get him on the team somehow in the front office you know I mean if you'd like to do that I'm pretty sure the Yankees would be willing to bring him back I mean he's he's basically uh gonna (laughs) Yankee legend for you know forever and so I think the fans of course want him to be a part of the organization but uh, we'll see what happens. What happen? You know, when when he is, uh, you know, be going to be considering these kind of jobs. Um, but one question I wanted to ask you, Alex, is you know, with these uh, past couple of years as the CEO and also looking down a bit, he was also the president. So okay. president CEO of the Marlins. What kind of grade would you give him? Would you give him? You know, would you give him something of a like a passing grade, or do you think he was almost uh, failing? You know, with with the trades that he gave up, Yelich, Stanton, Real Muto, all of them of course, went on to do good things for other franchises. And of course, Yelich, two seasons that were unbelievable, yeah. you know, up there with Mike Trout kind of baseball playing. And so uh, what kind of grade would you give him? Yeah, it's really tough. It's tough to grade in my mind, at least a attempt at a rebuild, because I think it almost 
it will take some time to know how good he did. Um, he's obviously not the number one guy in charge of like who they're gonna draft. There's tons of scouts that they do that kind of stuff. But I think if you know if if guys in their system can become these top level guys, um, it's a it's a it's definitely a case you could say where he got an A. He could get an A grade if you know they make the World Series in three years from now. You Very know, true. so it, it it could be tough to judge. You know, if if Sixto Sanchez and and you know if they keep on to like guys like Pablo Lopez and those guys end up being you know Cy Young vote getters, then then you know he did a good job building a young core of pitchers. Um, and then just this last off season or you know before the lockout they got obviously Garcia they traded for Jacob Stallings so they're they're, they're building something down and there and getting Luzardo uh, I think with the Marte trade that's right and that's, yeah. th- that was a really good deal um you know but see the thing is like not all of this should go credits or negative to Jeter you know there's so yeah. many other voices yeah. I know Kim Ang is the GM um so just because of that like you know many voices going on but I would say if Lozardo really pans out well, Sixto Sanchez pans out well, all their draft picks, they had some good lottery picks, you know, some top five picks in the yep. last couple seasons. So um, if all that kind of stuff pans out, he could get a great grade. But for right now, it's kind of to be determined. Um, no big playoff. You know, they had the, the the 2020 short season where they did win a series, but you know, 31 and 29. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to really count a series win on that 31 29 season uh, with much merit. It's just kind of yeah. a, a throwaway almost in my mind. You can just kind of call it a, 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 a very minor victory, I guess. But yeah, yeah. In, in my mind, uh, I think the, the jury's still out on Jeter's performance. Um, at the end of the day, for obvious reasons, Jeter is a great fit in the Yankees front office, some way or another. Um, Obviously, there's a long history of Yankees kind of honoring, you know, tradition, and they've had the same ownership for the long, long time. The Steinbrenners have been involved, so I'm sure they'd be willing to bring him in, get his perspective on certain things, and at least in some sort of minor role. Um, so the future, I'm sure, still has a lot to be, a lot coming for Jeter in the in the baseball, you know, management world and the uh, operations world. But for the time being, he is out of the Marlins. I think. I think in my mind, most people perceive this as like kind of a, a good thing for him. Yeah. Uh, he probably wants to be competitive and he's probably making the integrity move of saying, okay, I'm not going to waste my time anymore. Um, he has this perception of winning and, you know, he's been a winner his whole life. So it was it was interesting going uh, when he first started out with the Marlins that, you know, he's going to a team that I think, honestly, the first couple of years was not even getting to 70 or 65 wins. So it was almost like, the the winning aspect of Jeter was I wasn't say like fading but it was definitely kind of interesting to see how you know he went to a team that just of course was so so awful on the field and now of course stepping down so like you said I think that a role in another organization is definitely open for a guy like him I think a lot of teams would love to have a guy with that kind of winning uh personality and winning aspect of the game so uh it'd be interesting i mean honestly i could really see something like the yankees i saw a tweet actually today where the yankees were saying you know how do we get jeter jorge posada and bernie williams like into like yeah into the front office and bring back like that late 90s yankees culture because like that's what everyone misses because right now the yankees culture is we have a bunch of super superstars that either get banged up aren't performing when it matters. And, you know, the Yankees are currently always dropping the big games. And so uh, I know Yankee fans are just confused with all that kind of uh, all that stuff that's been going on for the past, you know, a couple of years of the past decade with Yankees baseball. So uh, interesting news to start off the morning with Derek Jeter stepping down. Um, 
I know they were talking. I know he actually spoke out that, you know, before the lockdown, uh, he was actually in heavy talks with Nicholas Castellanos to bring him over. And that would have been a huge splash because I know yeah. we were we were looking at the Marlins as a team that really had a good future set in stone. And like you said earlier, we don't really know what his grade is because in three years, they could just be a juggernaut team with all these young stud starting pitchers and also position players. So, um, but that'd be, that'd be honestly really good to get a guy like Castellanos, get that big vet bat from the South Florida area back home in Miami. And of course he could thrive there with, uh, with Jeter, but uh, that pretty much sums up everything with Jeter kind of just starting off the episode, Alex, uh, we can now move to, of course, the uh, the main section of everything, and that is the lockout. I know you have a lot of information on. I know you're always keeping update with what's happening, what's the news, what's the breaking news happening, what's the future hold for us. Um, so start off with that. Kind of go with what is the, I guess, the next move, the next thing on the table that needs to happen. Yeah. So Charles, I will say that um, going into today, I was very optimistic the deal would get done. I think that was everyone's mindset based on, you know, information from Bob Nightingale last night. The, the, the perception was, you know, going into past past midnight uh, that they were going to keep working on a deal. They were extending the deadline up till today at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern just to iron out some final details before sealing the deal. It turns out, Travis... The common belief right now is that the owners only extended this deadline. That way they could make a final pitch to the players that would definitely... I think when the owners made the the, the, the proposal to the players, I think they knew it was going to get declined. Yeah. Which, obviously, that's going to be a part of negotiations. You're going to have an offer and you know there's going to be a rebuttal and a rebuttal. But they kind of framed it as like, this is our final offer or else games get canceled. And they know it's going to get declined. So it's almost in my mind like, why don't you just like kind of own up to it and say like, um, I don't know, I guess be more clear about it. But um, anyways, going forwards, I say all of a sudden I've turned from optimistic to pessimistic. I do think that we're going to miss a substantial chunk of games. Nothing like, I, I mean, I hope nothing like uh, like the COVID year where there's a 60 game season. I hope it's going to be nothing like that. But I could definitely see, you know, multiple more weeks cut off of the beginning of the season. 140 game season. Yeah. Something like that could definitely yeah. be, yeah, on the horizon for us. Um, and, and, you know, I think all we can really hope for, um, my fingers are crossed that the back and forth nature continues, that they keep having these meetings. Um, I really just hope it does not go to a, some sort of stalemate. If it goes to some sort of position where the owners kind of say, oh, well, that was our best offer. We've done everything to be fair. And the players say, no, you have not been fair. Um, we need this, this, and this as well. And if they just kind of are stubborn about their positions, then there's a good chance that they have to do some sort of legal uh, mediation, go through court. And if that happens, Travis, I can't imagine us not missing a month or more yeah, yeah. of the season. If that would just be a huge time suck. I will say that um, I do think it is honorable that the players are not just kind of saying, well, we want to please the fans, so we're just going to uh, agree to this deal. Because um, I will say, Travis, as a fan, I want there to be games. I don't want to miss any games. I want the Amps to play on opening day. I wanted to go to spring training this year. We could go to Arizona. It's really close to us. Not, yep. not a far drive at all. Yep. Um, it would have been so much fun. But I will say that despite all those negative feelings towards missing baseball, um, I also don't want you know the players to sacrifice a deal that they think is unfair just for us because that would that, be unfair to them. Right. Yeah, and I want, yeah. I want them to come to a deal 
that they determine with the owners is a nice middle ground. Um, I don't want anyone, I guess, kind of buying the bullet just for the for the fans. I guess um, they, oh, the, the the players need that because because we've talked in the podcast before, like certain minor leaguers or, or uh, small time players have like, these poor living conditions, stuff like that. Yeah. We, we, we need, we know that it should be addressed. So we, it'd be hypocritical for us to say that the player should just accept whatever deal is thrown at them. So, mm-hmm. um, I have a couple of tweets saved here, just some interesting kind of information based on, uh, the different deals that were proposed and I kind of where the two sides are at right now. So Travis, one tweet that I thought was really in, uh, informative that, um, I've always kind of wondered and didn't really know for sure, but uh, this has to do with the slice of the pie for the MLB revenue that goes to the players. So across all sports, right, like MLB, NFL, NBA, some percentage of the league's revenue will go to the players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really knew how much, right? But um, essentially, uh, since 2009, this tweet says, this tweet's from a Miles Nelson PL on Twitter. Um, the players since 2009 have made less than 45% of the league's revenue, the NBA and NFL guarantee over 46%. So MLB compared to NBA and NFL are making a slightly less of the pie as Mm -hmm. going to the players. But this recent CBA would have been the first time the players received less than 40%. Wow. So the proposal by the owners, the last one had them getting about 38% of the pie going to the players. Um, in recent years, it's been up to 41%. Just a few years back in 2015, it was about 43%. And looking back at like 2000, like the year 2000, they were getting over 50%, it looks like. So um, the number has been shrinking, essentially. As time has gone on the last couple of decades, the players are getting less and less percentage of the pie in terms of the total revenue. Um and of course, total revenue is going up. Every year, the league is making more money than it did the year prior, except for the bit of the COVID stuff. Of course, you play less games, there's going to be less revenue. But up until 2019, the last full season before COVID, they were making more money every season, uh, more than the prior year. So um, I do think, Travis, that the players were right to decline a proposal where their piece of the pie is shrinking by that much. Um much less, you're getting much less money than the other players of the other major American leagues. So that's a good comparison right there to kind of show that the owners were not really giving an offer that I think is competitive with other sports. So that's one interesting point. Um, and the owners actually know, I think they, they know how many games I guess they can miss still to be profitable, you know? Right. Exactly. And so the owners definitely have it in their court right now where they can say, you know what, we can still play a hundred games and we're still going to make money this season. And guess what? I don't have to pay, Mike Trout, I don't have to pay Max Scherzer. I don't have to pay, you know, Nolan Arenado, Bryce Harper, these big names. I don't have to pay you guys because uh, right now you guys are not employed by us. So you're just losing out on money. And so I can pay you whatever is, you know, wh- whatever is left on the contract for that season. So it, it is kind of a it, it it's it's just an awful situation we're in because you think that, the you know, the owners really don't have to answer to anybody because they're the owners. But in my opinion, it's almost like the the fans are like the the board of directors and the owners like the CEO. I feel like the fans, it's kind of like you guys all I don't want to say they all work for us, but in a way they kind of do, because if no one shows up to a baseball game uh, at Dodger Stadium or Angel Stadium, you know, they're definitely losing how much money on right. on food and drinks and all that stuff. They're definitely going to be in some major concern. And so that's why 2020 was such a huge hit for them because they had literally zero dollars coming from snacks and food unless there's just some 
athletic guy that's just in the stands, just whatever. But, you know, it, it, it's kind of a it, it's just a tough situation that we're in right with all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Your point is, is um, I completely agree. It's almost like a game of chicken, right? It's like the owners like, you know, we can miss, say, I don't know, two months or a month and a half. We can miss six weeks of baseball and still be completely fine in terms of the bottom line. We're going to still going to make the money we need to recoup all of our expenditures for the season and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's what I hate about the owners sometimes is because we get too much into the business world when it's like, you know, you look at the Mets owner. I mean, he's a baseball fan. And I know he probably wants to get this season going because he's a fan of the Mets. You yeah. get some of these owners that are just, you know, they. I don't think they care about they, they, baseball. That I mean, much. they could be international and they don't even know what baseball is, but it's like, I got a huge investment for you. You want to invest in this team? I'll give you 50% of the team. And it's kind of just like, okay, cool. I really don't care what the team does. I just care about making money. Maybe in 10 years, I'll sell the team for double, which in most cases, most MLB teams, I mean, 10 years ago, the Angels, I mean, I, I know when we, we talked about it, when Artie Moreno bought them, I think right now he's already made, I, I, I forget I how much he bought it, double. but it, it, it's, it's like $2 billion that he's he's already pretty much gained from them. So it's like, you know, at some point, you got to be a little bit more concerned about, you know, putting a winning product onto the field. We've always talked about that, but continue with, with, with what you're talking about. But it's just, it does kind of suck when the owners want to be more business than, more business-like than actual baseball, you know, fans or you know just they, they care more about what's in their pockets than they do of course than the fans yeah great points i agree with you know all that kind of stuff um one quote from manfred during his press conference today in case you guys don't know when they realized there was not going to be a deal uh commissioner uh, manfred did a little press conference and then the players association uh director did a press conference um, Manfred said in his press conference that the last five years were difficult from a revenue perspective. And I get what he means because COVID is like the elephant in the room. Yeah. COVID, yeah. owners lost money. Um, then if it was a full season. If it was a full season, of course, you make more money than 60 games, obviously. And, and having having playoff games in your own stadium, you're going to make more money. Um, it's not good for anyone that COVID happened, of course. But um, – the owners weren't the only people that were affected by that. The players were affected by that. Um, every fan, minor was, leaguers, every man, every fan <laughs> was affected by that, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, in 2019, the last season you don't, before, you don't, know, you don't know how tough it was for me watching reruns. It was. I know. <laughs> how many times do we have to watch like the old 2002 eight, playoffs, yeah. old Angels playoff games on loop? But uh, in 2019, Travis, the last full season before the pandemic, MLB revenue jumped up. For the 17th straight year. So 17 straight years of growth. 2019 was a record of $10.7 billion of revenue per uh, from Forbes. That Forbes reported that. So wow. um, saying that the last five years were financially uh, or uh, they, they, they burden, were financially yeah. difficult. Yeah. Um, that's only true because of COVID and the COVID year. Up until 2019, the game was obviously growing Every single season, more revenue in the pockets of the teams and the owners. Uh, I, I think they even had a stat that World Series, um, World Series viewers were jumping to. I think that 20, 2019 World Series had a lot of viewers, and it was just you know it was Washington against Houston. I mean, I mean, good good markets, but I mean we're but not talking we're not talking New not, York, LA. We're not talking right. Chicago, Boston, or you know we're we're not talking these other markets. And so um, you definitely knew that uh, the the markets were growing when it came to viewership and you know I, I think that you know from the from the past you know from 2019 when you look at the past couple world series years just excellent series that we saw and so i think that really spiked people's interest in the game of course covid hit and that of course affects every sport and every franchise but you know back to what you were saying again there was growth and 
every yeah. single year there's growth. Um, and this Travis, despite there being growth, we both have discussed on the podcast as well. If there's growth every year, how come sometimes these owners are deciding to cut half their payroll? And, yeah. Or we're going to trade Francisco Lindor because we don't want to spend that much money. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Cleveland. But um, <laughs> I, we, those those conversations happen quite a lot. We're like, okay, this owner is actively saying we are going to decrease our our spending this offseason on free agents just because uh, we're trying to, I guess, save some money. But um the small market kind of mindset there, I think, is becoming more and more um, frowned upon because we do know how much money is going into the MLB every year. The revenue is going up every single year. Um, another note, Travis, um, that was a quote I, I mentioned from from Manfred's press conference um, that was aired on, I believe, ESPN MLB Network. Uh, then the Players, Associ- Players Association went on MLB Network and ESPN and I actually wasn't able to watch it because I was at work, but um, what I've heard is that the broadcast was cut in the middle of the press release. So I'm not sure why that is or how that comes to be, but it's pretty obvious to me that MLB Network, of course, MLB, it's they're they not work, they work for the they're yeah, not going to favor work. the players. <laughs> yeah. But to cut off their kind of message of them saying that you know the owners have not given us a fair deal. It's, it just seems so silly and childish. Like, why you even give them the platform to speak just to cut them off? It's just like, what, what are we doing here? You know, give the players a chance to voice themselves. Um, I think the owners and the MLB, they just kind of know that the fans are going to be siding with the players for obvious reasons. Um, I don't, we, I don't we, think... We don't come to the park to watch Artie Marino. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't think most players are on the sides of the billionaire who doesn't play the game and you know in many cases a lot of people on twitter travis were kind of going ham on some owners saying like oh rocky's owner like dick momfort like that's his name or something but yeah like i think his dad was just a billionaire it's like yeah why, why am i supposed to support you like and and we know i'm, being, not, I'm not a fan of you i think i think the world or at least the united states knows the pain of I, I don't even know what it'd be like to be a rockies fan with just the the poor management that's been done the last two years of course but um yeah, yeah. um I guess a couple other things, Travis, before I move on. Um, uh, one of the worst parts about this um, is, the, of course, the lockout I've said before. This is not a strike by the players, which that could end up happening if like there's just no deal. The players maybe say, like, you know, we're going to strike until we go to court or something like that. But it's not a strike by players. It is a lockout by the owners locking out the players, waited 40 days to give a offer on the new CBA. Um, very slow progress from there. It just picked up at the last minute, almost like a procrastination effort, which of course, when the deal does not go through, all the fans kind of say, what have you guys been doing for the last couple months, right? Don't you wish you had another, an additional 40 days to get this done? Cause you, you know, you could have had starting it. December 3rd, there was just no talks for the rest of the year, you know? And instead now we're missing baseball. The fans yep. are going to suffer from it. But, yep. um, the crazy thing is Travis games don't have to be missed and spring training does not have to be canceled. If the, if the MLB wanted to, they could end the lockout, continue going with the last CBA up until they make a new deal. They could be negotiating right now while doing spring training stuff. And obviously, that's not super convenient because Max Scherzer, how is he going to be in the meetings and also be focusing on ramping up for the Mets season? But still, um, you could have different agents and representatives represent the players and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the CBA is not necessarily have to be finalized for the season to begin. They could just start, they could just play baseball, right? The only reason we're not playing baseball is because the owners have said that, I mean, it's obvious, right? It's almost like a bargaining chip they have where they can stop us from playing baseball 
it kind of almost puts a strain on the players saying like you guys kind of have to uh you have to kind of play ball with us you can't just go and continue you know enjoying yourselves you have to kind of uh sit back and they're almost kind of testing the players like how much of this waiting will you take before you kind of settle for a deal that helps the owner so that's just one of the biggest annoyances of all right Travis because as a fan if you're telling me there could just be baseball and the talks would happen in the background for like the whole season they could have been doing that last year they could have been doing that this next coming season yep. mm-hmm. but it just comes down to the fact that you know we're missing baseball because the owners want to have something their way financially and that just is nothing a baseball fan wants to hear right we no, don't we exactly. don't we don't care about the monies that are going into the owners pockets um uh, and then just like a last thing, Travis, uh, some of the financials on the deal. One thing that's almost established, confirmed, we'll talk about it more later, but uh, an expanded playoffs is seems like it's almost certainly going to happen. Um, 14 versus 12 was the big conversation. Owners want 14. Players wanted, well, I think players actually Players want, wanted 12 and owners wanted 14. So the players I, the players got what they wanted. They got the, they got the 12, uh, the 12 I, person. I think honestly, the players, the players probably wanted to stay the same. And then I think the 12 was kind of like, they kind of mean like, okay, we'll meet in the middle. We'll go yeah. 12 kind of thing. Yeah. So if it's – so it was reported to be 12 in every pretty much CBA, the proposal as of like today and yesterday. Um, that could end up changing if they have to rework everything, you know, yeah. in the next couple of weeks. But um, as of right now, 12 playoff teams, ESPN is paying the MLB. They were going to pay them, I believe it was $100 million to get a 14-team playoff. So ESPN literally is saying like the extra games that are going to happen, the extra, you know, revenue coming into the league, hundred million dollars to make it happen. And we'll air some of those. Yeah. 85 million was the number for 12 playoff teams. Okay. So either way, if the playoffs get expanded, it's huge money going right into the MLB, right into the owner, right for the owners. Right. And it's crazy how some of these things they are arguing about with the players, like the minimum salaries, right? The minimum salaries it's, I believe, um, yeah, according to this tweet, it's about uh, 50K in minimum salary was mm-hmm. like a, a point of debate. So like it was something like, say, like 650,000 being the minimum salary for a, a, a MLB player versus like 700 where the MLB was at 700,000. So that 50,000 difference times like every team or times like every player in the yeah. every minimum player, it'd be about 650,000 per team. So every owner is paying sixty five thousand more than last year, but you're getting this huge check of eighty five million, you know, across all the owners yeah, for it ESPN. Makes no sense. Yeah. It, it just kind of shows that like some of the money that gets pumped in to the owners and into the MLB is just not matching up with, I guess, what they're offering to some of like the low, the low level players. Um, many people might argue, you know, well, if you're a if you're like a low level MLB player, six hundred fifty should be enough. But at the end of the day. Um, I think that the owners essentially should have no problem, I guess, compensating a little bit more money for the low-level players when you are going to get the expanded payoffs that you wanted. You wanted the expansion. You wanted more teams to go to the playoffs. Therefore, you get more money, especially if your team makes you're getting way more money because the ticket sales and all that. And with that deal, you're almost looking at like $85 million. You're almost looking at almost you know $2.5 million going to every team if you kind of divide it up evenly pretty much. And so – Shouldn't that be no problem with making, you know, the minimums what? a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 the the, the min, yeah, the minimums would be up, like I said, about six hundred fifty k per team, according to this tweet by uh, uh, Stephen Steve Adams. But yeah, Travis. Overall, it's it's pretty discouraging. I would say the 
the players are kind of just arguing for these slight kind of increases. Yeah. They want um, the minimum salary to be a little bit higher. They want the CBT, which is like the amount you spend, the amount an owner can spend before they get taxed. Um, like, for example, I believe last season the Dodgers were above the CBT. So mm-hmm. whatever amount of money above that that number they are, it's like 200-something uh, million dollars for their the salaries for the players yep. they're a little bit above that so whatever amount is above that they get taxed and if you're up above it two years in a row the tax goes like way up it's like 30 percent tax something like yeah, that yeah and if you're up if above it like three or four three or four years in a row you get like 60 percent tax so like <laughs> it really forces you to get back down below it yeah. before too long but um essentially players want that number to be higher because they don't want the owners have said they don't want that to function like a salary cap it's just supposed to prevent teams from going too crazy yeah but um Essentially, right now, it's almost like a salary cap because all these teams are right up below, they're right up to that number, but right below it, so they don't have to pay the tax. So yeah. it's, it's functioning like a salary cap where all these teams are kind of saying, okay, um, we're going to spend as much as we can before the owners pay extra out of pocket to get you know, maxers or whoever it is to kind of go up over the top on, on those big deals. But um, kind of rambling, so I'm going to go ahead and move on. But long story short, it seems like there's just tons of things the players want that is good for the game going forwards. And unfortunately it will cost the owners more money. And from a fan perspective, Travis, that shouldn't be a problem for us. We think that if you're going to get into the baseball industry, you're going to own a baseball team. You should probably be okay with spending money to increase quality of life for the players, professional baseball players. You know, these guys are in the top 0.0001% of what they do. And, um, you know, they should probably be compensated for it. Uh, and not even just like MLB, but like even, you know, even sports in general. If you want to be an owner, I mean, you, you think you should be like somewhat of a fan of the team or um, I know some people are at least fan of the sport, you know. Yeah. If, if there's a good opportunity for a team that you, you know, really had never paid too much attention to, you'd think, OK, I want to I want to get this team to win. I want I want to win with this team. So um, it's definitely discouraging to see that. And, and now the meetings will transition and move over to I think they said New York. I think they're they were in Jupiter, Florida, doing the meetings, but now they're going to transition and move over to I think MLB HQ, which is in New York City. So that's where they'll be doing the meetings now, um, and in in hope and praying that yeah we can because I mean you, you know the players are definitely feeling a bit of pressure because they are currently probably right now I mean every every week every month almost is ticking for their salaries you know Max I think we saw tweets Max Scherzer and, and Trout and all these guys. I mean, how much money they're losing? I, I think I think I thought it was Max Scherzer it was like three hundred thousand dollars a week or something like that. It's like really? that's just insane money. Like almost yeah. in one month, uh, you're going to lose this much money or something like that. But um, the players are going to be getting hurt more than the owners. And exactly, the owners can kind of take this this cut for like a month or two and be completely fine in their in their bottom line. The players are just missing on money straight up. Um, and the fans are just missing out on everything and, on and quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the kind of stuff where if you're an owner, I mean, hopefully some owners are smart and they say, say to themselves, you know, this is the kind of stuff that really just kills the game. And even Rob Manfred, I mean, even me, the commissioner, you would say to, for him, you think that you have to get this season underway because if, if you miss out, I mean, we go back to 94, um, I know we say we go back up. We weren't even around, but we go back to 94 and how that was, I think it was a player strike, but the season of course did stop halfway through no world series that year. And then 95 and 96, 97, the sport was kind of getting back up to pace, but 
they needed the summer of 98. They needed McGuire and Sosa to really save baseball with home runs. I, I really wonder if something like that's going to happen. You know, I could see that in 2025. You have some just Tati Soto. Yeah, no, exactly. You have just some some monsters of the game just hitting moonshots, hitting 60 home runs or something like that. It'd be really funny to have history repeat itself. But it's getting to that point where you're going to have fans just kind of getting, you know, the fans that were on the on the border of being a fan of baseball, but also fan, really hardcore fans of the NFL and NBA are now saying to themselves, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch baseball anymore. Like, this is a joke. And, you know, I mean, you know, guys like you and me are going to watch baseball, even if they. But, but first, Travis, yeah. I'll tell you this. If in 2007 there was a pandemic and it was a 60 game season and then 2008, it was like a normal year, but all these different COVID like things happen where all these players are missing time. And then 2009, there's like, imagine if there was like a huge uh, lockout and the season got cut in half or whatever, we would probably be less of baseball fans than we are right now. Cause watching yeah. being, being like a, a young kid, like a middle schooler during those times, the prime days, yeah. the prime days are just kind of, you know, falling in love with the sport as a young, as a youngster and having your favorite players. And we loved watching, Oh, Vladdy, I'm gonna watch Vladdy tonight. And that's you know, true. Yeah. Kids are gonna lose that, yeah, right? And yeah. so, like, um, obviously, the idea of the season getting canceled this year is is not really in anyone's mind quite yet. That's that would be if things turn really bad in the next month or so. But um, and I really can't see both sides then at, at all saying to themselves, "Okay, we're just gonna play this game where you know we want this deal, we want that deal." I mean, at some point, the owners are gonna say, "Well, we can't just go a se- we can't just go one year without a season." I mean. You know, I mean, I think owners would have to at least say, okay, uh, you know, and, and they're they're not stupid. In their heads, they know, okay, at this certain game amount, this is when we start actually losing money. This is when we start actually yeah. suffering. And, and so, I, and I really don't know, Travis. I don't know how much time. You know, it's not impossible that the owners think that, you know, if we lost a year of baseball, uh, but we still got that deal the way we wanted it, maybe that'll make up for it in the next six seven years of like the new cba maybe because of the new deal if it favored the owners uh, it would be worth it for them but i don't think the year gets canceled obviously but i don't think it's impossible either we'll cross that bridge when we get there of course if things really turn south but but just i want to hammer home the point of you know when our our prime of kind of getting into the angels and getting into baseball as kids we love even even when it wasn't the Angels. We you know I love you love watching that Phillies team when they you know won the World Series. The Red Sox were super exciting at that time. Yep, the Yankees yep. were good too. Those teams are super fun and and uh, we both think fondly of that era. If kids, if their era, their version of that is this era right now of a short COVID season, yeah. and then uh, last year you know Braves fans are super stoked, but like a lot of teams are like, oh, it's kind of a weird season. Fifty percent capa- of- capacity, you know, you know, yeah. opening day wasn't the same, so now it's like now we literally have three straight years of opening days just being, being kind of interrupted, which is yeah. which again is, is just is awful, you know. And then yeah, yeah so and then it just kind of we we need, we need to turn it around. We need we need to yeah. to kind of start going uh, back towards the fans, and hopefully uh, the fans can get things going. In their favor soon enough, but um, that kind of wraps up that. A lot of kind of doom and gloom talk, but... Um, I guess we'll transition a little bit into what the talks have been, at least the talks we've heard of that have been pretty much kind of in an in, in, in agreement, and that is, of course, 12 playoff teams right now. Thoughts on that? I know we had an episode a couple months back where we talked about that, but right. um, you know, I'll start off by just saying I, I basically was in more, more in favor of the 12 than the 14, yeah. only because... I like to have a little bit of, I feel like you need to have, you know, six teams in each league, in my opinion, is is a good amount of teams because 
I don't want to have you know half the half the league come in into the playoffs right. when some years you might have the seventh seed just be an absolute disaster and it's kind of just like this I, team fumbled their way in. I believe I believe this this last season if it was seven teams it means the eight, eighty two and eighty Phillies would have gotten in. I think so. Which yeah. obviously if you're a Phillies fan you're stoked. If you're a Harper fan you're stoked. But if you are like say the Dodgers and yeah. Bryce Harper and, and Zach Wheeler go crazy on you, you're gonna say, Well, that's dumb. They're not yeah. that good. they're not that good of a team. Exactly. But they had a good three games against us, so now we go home. Exactly. So exactly. Um, and- I, I totally agree that like um I agree with your point that like competitively to keep things balanced, you don't want seven teams. It's too many. And that's I think where the players were at. They just didn't did not want these they didn't want these teams that were finishing seventh in the league, you know, almost almost middle of of you know there are fifteen teams in each each league. They don't want the middle team to be having a shot yeah. at at the World Series, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I do understand that perspective. I think Travis, back when we did discuss how we ideally saw the playoffs, I think I might have been pushing for seven teams. Yeah. I have to go yeah. back and, and check, but um, and the one reason I I agree with you with seven teams is because I actually do like that the number one seed gets to buy. You know, that uh-huh. that 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 was I was thinking about this a couple of days ago and I was saying, you know, seven teams, in my opinion, I love that the number one seed gets the buy. That's the incentive. Be the number one seed in your league. You get the buy. And then, of course, two plays seven and on and on and on. But of course, I was thinking, man, seven teams sometimes I feel like can just be, I, I, you know, I think 2020 was a good test when we saw the the eight and the seven and the six seeds playing. Yes. And we were just kind of like, you know, some of the eight seeds were. I mean, so, I mean, I, the Brewers were not very good that year, and and they went into LA and just they were a joke. I mean, I mean, they could not hit the ball, and we're kind of saying to ourselves, okay. And and then the Blue Jays went into Tampa and just could not play at all as well. And we're just thinking, okay, does the eight seed really deserve a shot? And then the seven seed, some of the seven seeds did do very well. Um, I think they actually both lost. It was the Reds and the um, and the White Sox, but both were very competitive. But I, I think that. It was just a little bit too much, too too many teams to get into the playoffs. That's why you play 162 games because you want to sift out who are the good teams, who are the good teams for you know almost six months of the calendar year, mm-hmm. and who are the teams that really can't hang. So I I, I like how it's 12 teams, but um, I that was one thing I did like about seven teams in each league is there is one team that's going to get a buy, and that was a very good incentive because I think with this you're looking at the first and the second place teams getting the buy, or at least the division winners getting the buy. So if we look at it from last year. The Rays and the Astros are getting the bye, and then the Brewers and the Giants are getting the bye. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's how they're working. I think they're going to favor divisions right. over overall record well, because the Dodgers, you know. Had the second best record yeah. but were a wild card team, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I, and and I, I think also with the last system, um, with having the wild card game, I think with just last year, it was such a big flaw that we're getting – 106 win Dodgers playing 90 win Cardinals not Cardinals went on a crazy hot streak but let's just say they they played good baseball I think they literally could have won the wild card with 85 wins or so I think that they the next best team was like the 83 win Reds and imagine if the Cardinals won with 85 or imagine they we got 84 wins yeah. and you're playing the 106 win Dodgers and you go into LA play good nine innings of baseball win the game and your season's over as a Dodgers, and you're saying to yourself, "We have the second most wins in baseball, and we just get we we just get outed like this." It, it would definitely be uh, it'd be a crime. It, it would definitely be hard for a Dodger fan to say to yourself, "We literally just did not bring it one day, and the season's over." But you know, we saw the Dodgers play very good baseball in October, so so that's one reason, Travis. I totally like the 
expansion to six teams. Yeah. Per, I think it had to be expanded. Yeah. Because um, the wild card game, we saw the flaw in it last year with the Dodgers. They're too good of a team to have it come down to one game. Um, and it almost came down. <laughs> l- 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 luckily, luckily for like the competitive balance of everything, they ended up getting through um, to that next round and got to face the Giants. But which is, you know, of course, that's what if it was Cardinals versus Giants, it wouldn't have felt like the same playoffs. It'd be yeah, completely different. Yeah. But it's like, here's your reward. Go play the 107 win team. And the, and, the, and the Giants are thinking the same thing. Really? We have to play the Dodgers now. And so yeah. um, there was definitely some uh, there was definitely some flaws. And, you know, I like having the one game single single elimination. But of course, baseball and most sports, you play a series. Just just give it, you know, just give it a three game series with some of these lower level teams. And I think right now they're going to have the three versus the six and the four versus the five. And it'll be a three game series is what they're what they're trending to be. Probably towards. all at home of the of the of higher the three seed. and the four. Yeah. And, and so I'm yeah. not 100 percent. Um, I think I don't even think I mean there's no deal yet so we don't know anything 100 yeah. percent things could change but there were at one point talks of picking your opponent and if that did happen that would be a whole nother interesting can of worms and I think also uh, they're talking about a ghost win did you hear about that too? I, I did and that was I think for, people were confused <laughs> so so I'll, I'll just briefly explain how I understood that um for those that don't know what that means kind of like a ghost runner <laughs> that's what people were saying it's like you're playing kickball but it, 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 again it's like I, I was kind of blown away that that idea got thrown in there but yeah yeah I, I don't think it's gonna end up happening but it, it's of course possible but the idea behind the ghost win is so the the first and second in the sixteen playoff, so six teams in the AL make it right. The first two seeds, the two division winners with the best records, get buys. Yeah, that means that there's three wild card teams and one division winner left. So they wanted to favor the division winner that was stuck playing the wild card team because yeah. that means there's there's a wild card versus a wild card and then there's the, a division winner versus a wild card. Yeah. So in order to make the division winner that has to play the wild card have some sort of leverage some some yeah to make yeah. it more balanced and reward them they'd give them a free win in the series which seems totally wild um i even saw someone on twitter this is a, just a fan i think or, or a reporter or someone they said they said just have no buys but the one seed that plays the six seed the six seed has to sweep them in a three-game series Otherwise, if they don't sweep, if the if the one seed just wins one game, then they move on. Lots so of, basically, the, the one seed's up three one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Gee, wow. Yeah, so yeah. just 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 tons, just tons of crazy ideas getting kind of floated out there. Um, excited to see how they do it. Um, like I said, hope it does stay at the six games. Don't want it to be too diluted with too many teams making it. Although I will always argue. I love seeing more players, mm-hmm. more exciting players. I want to see Tatis in the playoffs. I want to see Trout and Otani in the playoffs. Harper and that was that was the thing people were saying all of the above they were saying the the, the owner or they a lot of people were of course getting I would say the angels kind of crap because they're saying oh we have to explain it because we we, we there's we need to find a way to get Trout and Otani in the playoffs but yeah you know hey watch out this year you know we're we, we're coming we're coming <laughs> we're but, coming once this gets cleared up but yeah yeah but yeah like I said expansion is probably good um in my book but uh, six is probably the right number I, th- um, I think so yeah I I, I think it's a good balance because ideally you're going to get the top two teams every division. You're going to get first and second place in every division. Of course, last year, the AL East had four teams that would have made a six-team playoff, and the AL West and the AL Central would have only had the division winners. So it kind of just, of course, depends on how strong the divisions are. And um, But, you know, I, I, I definitely like the expansion. It, it creates uh, it, it creates your team and your franchise to at least go into every season if you're somewhat of a middle team, you know, if you're the Angels, if you're the 
A's, the Mariners, I guess you could say also like the Guardians and the Tigers a little bit, but you're one of those teams as long as, as well as like the Blue Jays and possibly the Red Sox, you know, that gives you some hope to say, hey, a month left in the season in this new playoff format, we're only, you know, four games back entering in September. That's doable to get on a hot streak and get in as the sixth seed and give ourselves a shot. So uh, I definitely like the way they're doing that now. So honestly, I, I, I would have been cool if they would have said seven teams each league. My ideally, I wanted six, but honestly, expansion, that, that, that's okay. Because I mean, I think this gives more of a competitive edge for a lot of these teams to, uh, to go out there. And like you said, even in free agency, it gives teams an edge to go out there and get better players. I mean... The Pirates aren't going to be spending when only five teams get in and you have to be a division winner. You know, they're, they're going to say to themselves, we don't have a shot. Let's just let's just bank on our prospects in five years to give us a shot. So, yeah, it's an interesting point there. I know that some players are opposed to expansion because they're kind of afraid that, say, a team like the Indians, say the, say the Indians finish one game back from the six seed like this next season. Yeah. Sorry, the Guardians. And then so going into next season, the owner might say, oh, well, we were so close. We don't need to spend money on players. Kind of, so they can, they can almost kind of say like, oh, we are trying, but they're kind of not. They're just kind of like you're kind of a 500 team, but you got yeah. close. The goal unquote. should not be the seventh seed. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so there's 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 pros and cons for, for all this kind of stuff. But Travis, one other thing that's being introduced, pretty much confirmed um is a universal dh albert pujols so i want to birthday yes i think that'll be big <laughs> towards his longevity if he you know travis we, we talked about it i think we were discussing this back during covid but we said missing games like this is gonna hurt the career totals for guys like trout and guys like pujols pujols 700 watch if you give him a full 2020 and a full 2022 he might have done it, honestly. He, but I think the he's, odds he's in the six nineties, I think. Yeah. Every every game that it gets canceled this season is hurting his chance even more. Um, don't know where he's gonna end up if he's gonna have a full time role or not. But Travis, Universal DH is seeming like almost a certainty. So we're just gonna do a little exercise. We're gonna go through the divisions, go through the some of the hot teams that are probably looking to make a move and uh kind of discuss what what kind of players are these teams going to try to add? Are they going to go for a, a, a starting pitcher that's still a free agent? Are they going to go for uh, position players? And then in the case of the National League teams, Travis, a lot of these teams have to find a DH. Some teams have, have an obvious pick um, already maybe, but like a team like the Dodgers, Travis, they could use tons of guys as a DH. They can, so many, they can kind yeah. of cycle guys through. Um, if Muncie ends up kind of being hurt for a while, they can even make Muncie a DH and get Freeman to be first baseman. You know, they, Very true. Teams, yeah. like, teams like that have options, right? So we're going to kind of discuss some of the options for some of the relevant teams in the MLB going into the next season. So just kind of some free agency talk to wrap up the episode. So let's just start with the AL West, a division we both know very well. Um, which teams do you see, I guess, kind of making a splash who could you see them targeting? Um, whatever team comes to your mind, go go for it. I'll start by just naming this team just because they've made some big splashes already, just the Texas Rangers. I know a lot of people do think if Kershaw is not going to the Dodgers, he's going to be a Ranger. And I could see him being a Ranger for one or two seasons, going home and playing for Texas. That's the only thing I would see with the Rangers doing and kind of solidifying the last big you know the, just the last big move they made this offseason i think a lot of these moves are good i don't think they're going to be at all a team that's going to be 
I wouldn't say competing heavily. I think they could definitely get to like 75 wins possibly, but I don't think they're going to be competing for a playoff spot or of course a division. I think they're just teams that are way better than ahead, but um, that's probably the big splash for them. But I don't think Oakland's going to be making any, any splashes at all. They're going to be getting rid of some of their players. And then also uh, Seattle. I think Seattle needs to find possibly a third baseman. I think they could even rock it with uh, Abraham Toro. I think he could be their everyday third baseman right now. So I don't know what the Seattle Mariners have in plan. Um, they have a lot of young guys in their outfield. They have Robbie Ray now. So they definitely got better in the starting rotation. But um, I think the big teams left, of course, are Angels and Astros. Um, Astros are interesting just because the Correa talks are just so confusing right now because yes. he, he isn't ruled out to be he, – he could be an Astro still. I mean the Astros gave him some pretty low offers, but who knows? Maybe they can give him a better offer. Um, I don't know if he if Correa wants to go less years than like a guy like Seager and take more AAV or if he wants to get the 10-year deal and get a huge contract like his counterparts Seager, Lindor have all gotten, even Tatis. Um, so I could see him still going there as a Astro target. I think Astros need to find themselves a shortstop because they're still a team that can compete. They went to the World Series. Um, I think they still made it to game six of the World Series. So mm -hmm. they're still a team that can be very, very good and with a good pitching staff and relief bullpen. But Angels, I think they just need one last starter or they need to get that big free agent shortstop. And that would solidify an infield that I can't tell you how how good it would be, but with the Angels, it's interesting because they have a lot of they have a lot of I would say good prospects, and they could they could really make it interesting with the trade here. They could say, okay, we're going to make a splash in this market towards this position, and then we're going to trade some of these other guys and get ourselves a starting pitcher, or vice versa, get a big starting pitcher and possibly trade some guys for a position player. But um, I think the Angels and the Astros have to be the two teams that are probably the biggest. Uh, targets for big signings left in them yeah yeah that's a good point i think the angels you know we both know them they're they're our team that we're most knowledgeable about and they're willing to spend money on position players so we know that's <laughs> true so i honestly do think if if also travis another a thing that affects all this is we were talking about the cbt and the in the in the cba the amount of money that an a play, uh, owner can spend on their team before paying the extra tax if that number goes up that means Angels can afford another star player. Astros can afford more money for Correa, whatever it might be. You know, the amount of money an owner can spend going up is only going to make the free agents that are about to be free agents, or that they currently are free agents, they're going to be able to get more money or, yeah. or try to ask for more. But the Angels, Travis, I agree with what you're saying. Um, they do have. I, I don't think the farm is very deep, but I do think that the amount of MLB kind of ready like rookie type players like the three Detmers of the world. The uh we, we both we both are fans of Chris Rodriguez. Of course he's currently injured, but um their outfielders of course uh being Marsh and Adele, big name uh top of the top of the farm kind of guys. Both had good MLB stints last season. Um at least, you know, developing in their own right. Yep. So I do think that if the Angels weren't able to sign like a Kershaw or a Rodon, they could definitely go for a huge trade. Castillo has been one of the most talked about trade uh, possibilities for a team that might be willing to deal an ace. We could send them. We have a wealth of shortstop and outfield prospects. We could send them. Yeah. We could send them like Detmers and Adele and a shortstop. And I think they'd probably say yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Remains to be seen how the Angels are going to approach this, but I do think they are still a move away from being one of those heavy hitters. 
Um, Astros, Travis, like you said, the Correa stuff's very interesting. Um, at first, people were kind of saying, you know, uh, Phillies maybe, Angels maybe, Yankees maybe, even Red Sox maybe. Bogarts goes to second base, something like that. Um, but everything is for him has been kind of like shifting. I think people are saying if it's not Yankees, who's going to pay up in a big way? And uh, maybe Astros could end up keeping him, but um, I'm not sure how the Astros fill that, that shortstop hole. I really thought they'd go for Semyon because um, I think a righty with some, you know, decent pop could really benefit from the Crawford boxes. But um, yeah, I think it remains to be seen how they are going to approach this thing. They have, Tons of ability to stay relevant because usually these teams have their windows that kind of close. But with Tucker being young, with Yordan Alvarez being young, young starting pitchers, of course, we expect Fran Valdez and Luis Garcia to continue getting better. Yep. Um, if that all kind of continues to be true, they should be relevant. Uh, it should be, you know, they should be the favorites to win the division next season. Um, up to the rest of the teams to make uh to kind of try to challenge that the Mariners we also touched on briefly, um a guy like Bryant kind of makes sense for them maybe because he could play outfield as Very well true. as yeah. as well as uh, third base for them uh, if Toro wants to stay at second base, lots of options though overall um they could even go for a shortstop if they wanted to that the, the Mariners could but Travis let's keep moving on let's not dwell too long um American League Central um, kind of a. I would say the only division right now that I am pretty confident on who's going to win the division. Feels like a lock. Um, I, If you were to go to Vegas, I think that you definitely would feel the most comfortable putting the White Sox as the clear AL Central favorites. They have everything right now. They have all the pieces. They have the bullpen, the starting pitching, um, and the offense. Uh, right now, of course, Rodon is a free agent, one of their big starting pitchers. Um, but it, it shouldn't be a too... It shouldn't be too big of a problem right now, but... Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a, an interesting division because I don't see the Tigers really making any more noise with signing Baez and Erod already, Eduardo Rodriguez, and then the Twins making a couple moves, but they're not, of course, a team that's willing to go out there and spend you know three hundred million dollars on a huge name. So I don't see them getting anybody right now. And then the Guardians, I mean, we're, we've been seeing them sell more than buy, so I can't see them really being. Uh, huge players in the market. Same thing as the Royals. I don't think that it's their time at all yet to even make big splashes, and they're a small market team. So um, the White Sox are the only team I could see making a splash, I feel like. Yeah, I agree with your assessment of the division. Um, but one thing I'll say about the White Sox, even though I think you know, the ownership might look at their team and say, we, there's no way we don't win this division, right? But I do think that they're still... I think they feel like they're a piece away from like being a really strong... American League pennant winning dominant threat like being one of the powerhouses yeah. they have that powerhouse kind of talent but going into the playoffs I was not too high on them and they kind of stunk up versus the Astros Astros of course are a really good team um I think they'll be that team that literally will win the division but probably gets you know probably gets swept out. or lose every every division series because the west and the east it just has better teams yeah so Travis I'm trying to think what way what can the what can the Chicago White Sox do what can they add to put them up there with the Astros, with the Rays, with whoever else is going to be at the top of the talent pool for the American League? One first thought that comes to mind is I could see them adding a corner outfielder. Mm -hmm. They do, of course, have uh, Luis Robert in center, and they have Eloy in left. In right field, they kind of cycle through some different guys. I know they had Eaton, and they cut him, and then they had like Angle at one point. But I, I think that 
if they got a big bat right fielder, a Nick Castellanos type of guy, maybe a Michael Conforto type of guy, if Conforto has a bounce back year, I think that they could uh, potentially become like this sort of um, almost like Astros like team where it's like, okay, well, there is, a, there is a stud at every position on the diamond right now. Um, I think that should be their goal. They shouldn't have any sort of vacancies. I think if they added a big time right fielder, it could really round up the the team well you have one of the best catchers one of the best infields and then now you have one of the best outfields um of course the pitching is good they're going to lose rodon they could easily add another piece there there's tons of pitchers still left to sign um or they could go for a trade but um any thoughts on that on that kind of thought for the white Sox? no you made a good assessment because i do agree they are a clear division favorite but when it comes to actually I think competing in the playoffs, they definitely, I think they definitely still have a ways to go. I mean, I think we could see the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and possibly even the Red Sox beating them in a five-game series, you know, still right now. If if the Red Sox have the right pieces to go, uh, go in are healthy. But, um, and then of course the Astros, and also I think when you look at the, you know, the ALS, the Angels could probably put up a really good fight against them too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they, they need to, I think they need to make still a big move. They want to be a World Series contender. I think with the Central, it's just kind of, they, they have, they, every, every area of the team is better than their opponent, pretty much, I think, in the AL Central. So, sure. um, I think they could easily get away with winning, you know, 92 games and just winning the division by 10 games or something like that. So, um, a big move like Castellanos, who did play a couple months on the north side of Chicago with the Cubs in 2019, did very, very well. That'd be a very nice piece to have in right field uh, for them. That would be that would be a a pretty that'd be a pretty scary lineup. I mean, yeah. that, that would have pretty much every single area of the lineup would have you know would be big time hitter, big time hitter. Yeah, exactly. So I think that I think also even getting Rodon back or getting another uh, pitcher would be another strong point to get off of. Um, that way, you know, you can have more just just more depth when it comes to the starting pitching. I don't think Lance Lynn's going to carry you to a World Series championship. So yeah, he uh, had a great season, but I don't did, think yeah. he's going to carry the load. I do think one sleeper option is actually bringing Kopech up to the rotation. I think that is yeah. definitely a possibility. He's been good out of the bullpen. Um, we know how how much he how much heat he can throw over 100 miles an hour out of the pen, but he can do that as a starter. I do believe. Um, He's a big asset for them. I do think that, you know, if they were to promote him, I think Crochet might stay in the pen for a while, but tons of talent, young talent pitching-wise for that team. So I do think adding a position player for the outfield, the infield seems like it's almost set, but just go for an outfielder, maybe even a second baseman if, if there's a hole there. But, um, yeah, I, I do think that there's um, tons of upside. Of course, Travis, they have to trade Kimbrel too. Kimbrel is someone right. who has been talked about to be on the trade block so they yep. could even get a second baseman or a fielder by trading Kimbrel um to a to a contender kind of do a swap there but uh let's keep moving American League East Travis I would say a this is <laughs> I would say this has to be the most competitive division in baseball I really could see a lot of this going a lot of different ways I do feel like the Rays um have earned the respect to be the favorite to win it but I will say the Blue Jays what they did last year and how much young talent they still have of course, they are going to lose Robbie Ray, but they gained Gosman. Um, they're and losing. Vegas even has them as the uh, favorites right now, tied with either the Rays or the Yankees for the division too. Was so. it okay? So yeah, I, yeah. I do think that um, I am high on the Blue Jays. What they did last season, their run differential was like I think it was like second best in the AL. They just got unlucky and missed out by one game. 
if it, if it was a six game playoff last year, Travis, I believe we would have had a Seattle Mariners Blue Jays playoff game, right? We no, no, we actually would have had uh, Blue Jays. I looked at this last night. Blue Jays, I think, finished with Blue Jays had ninety one, Mariners had ninety. Okay, it would have been Blue Jays at the White Sox, and I think the Blue Jays would have beat them up <laughs> yeah i think we, i think we, they could have we, really beaten them up. i think we were both really high in the blue jays in that last month of the season um, I, I think the last series against the orioles they scored it was like 26 it, runs in three games and i was just like i think you had springer in fantasy he had like a yeah, three home run game yeah or something yeah, yeah. Like. I, I i still i even forgot that springer's on the team because i was trying to think of their their offense and it, it's just it, it was a Too juggernaut stacked. of an offense that i literally still I really wish they would have made it to October. It would have been fun. I think they could have been a team that would have made a deep run. So um, I will say, Travis, I do think that the Blue Jays are a team that if they add a second baseman, they're just right back to where they were last year and even hotter because all the young players are getting you know, more experience for Guerrero. They have a lot of young catchers, I know. Um, Bichette is young, of course. Biggio, maybe he can have a bounce back year. Um, Tasker Hernandez, someone who you want him to kind of keep developing. I do think there are probably a second baseman or maybe, you know, an outfielder away. I do think with hopefully a healthy season from Springer, the outfield should be pretty much set. But um, I do think second base or right field or something like that is spots where they could add um, and really kind of be, say, you know, we can win this division. We know the Rays um, are been dominant recently. The Yankees have the deepest pockets, but we uh, have the talent to kind of succeed. And I think I think they could really do it. I think the Blue Jays are a sleeper to win that division. So um, and also with them having prospects, I know they can definitely probably create it with the trade market. I I think we spoke about it a couple months back. I had the idea of somehow getting Jose Ramirez over to Toronto. Yes. Um, they also could use uh, they could use third baseman. I mean, they literally go out there and target a Chris Bryant. They could even target and say, hey. Correa, you it's time to move to third base. <laughs> they could. <laughs> you know, or, or, or get Springer Correa back on that team. Even yeah. if Bachette wants to play second base, you know, yeah. there's a lot of options there. Um they're one of the most exciting teams, and if they made a huge splash, it could become like the biggest story, right? It could yeah. be like this is the team, this is their year. Last year they got close, um, but they totally retooled in a big way. I hope they do make a move. Um Travis, the Yankees. Another team that they need to make moves. <laughs> it, it, it's a team that needs to be talked about because I think they're in a very tough spot because Cole, big contract, he's still in his prime, but he's getting older. Um, Judge is going to be owed a big contract pretty soon. Very soon. He could even walk. I, I've heard him say that he wants to wear pinstripes forever, but um, if they're not going to pay him, then he obviously is going to leave. Yeah, someone showed him in a, uh, I think someone made a, edit of him in, in a Dodgers uniform or something like that. Oh, I which, saw that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah which, yeah, it'd be funny to see, but... Um, DJ LeMahieu, Travis, big contract, getting older. Yeah. Stanton, big contract, getting older. I think they have to go all in right now, and I think in like five years, they're going to be really, in, or maybe four years, they're going to be in a rough spot paying all these players that are, are going to be a lot older, so... Yeah. Um, and I think Judge, I mean, Judge is almost 30. I mean... He, yeah, he's 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 a guy that started really late. When you look at his age, I mean, it, it kind of sucks with a guy of his talent being, you know, a probably a top. I mean, he, I think he is a top ten uh, MLB player right now. If you had to make, if you had to make a list, he yeah. he provides everything. I mean, um, he's getting older, and then 
you just kind of don't turn and you have all these young guys you know guys that you were supposed to turn to and void Gleyber Torres Anduar I know Clint Frazier which is already gone but I mean all these guys they were turning to that are either not on the team anymore or they're just kind of just their stock is dropping I yes. think Gary Sanchez was dropped I I don't I think he I think he's, he's I think he's in the team. He's okay. I thought I, it, I thought it was non-tendered. I, I I thought I thought I heard something. I I, I thought they just said we're done with you, would man. Not, would not be surprised though. The 180 average. I mean, and and the defense that is just piss poor. I mean, um, they need to get. I think they need to get creative with some trades, and I think they need, to, of course, go out there and land the Freeman or land the Correa. The only thing about Freeman is you're literally adding a guy that's older than 30 to the team. They and will I be an old team in I three don't years. Know. That's why him. everyone said go out there. And go get Matt Olson from the Oakland A's. We have a guy that's going to be owed almost nothing when it comes to a contract because I think he has two or three more years still of uh, you know getting minor league money. And so you've got a guy that you can get really good money for. Great power bat. Guy could probably bash 45 home runs playing for the Yankees right now. Um, and so honestly, they just need to be smart with the way they're doing because a, a lot of those guys are getting old. And I, I, I don't know if signing Freeman, who's above 30 still a great player but you're literally gonna be playing paying freeman and cole in four years when these guys are just i mean th they'll probably still be doing better than our pujols what he did but i mean it's it's you're gonna be paying 35 year olds a lot of money and you yeah. know who knows what that what's gonna happen if the yankees might have missed their time and yankee fans aren't aren't used to seeing this kind of stuff right now so absolutely i think you're right i think a move like olsen makes tons of sense and would make yankee fans super happy um i I don't know if dropping everything, all the money for Correa is going to leave them in the best financial situation in like five years from now. But for right now, that seems like a move that would definitely make them this huge threat. Um, they need to be a threat or else what are they doing? You're not, you're not the Yankees if you're not going to try to win exactly. right now because I sense a rocky road in the division in the next couple of years because the Rays are going to stay around. The Jays are going to stay around. Red Sox always kind of retooling. Yankees have a lot of money to owe uh, a handful of guys. So. And who knows? I mean, maybe Baltimore just kind of makes a surprise jump in, in four I mean, years. I know Adley's coming up. They yep. have tons of tons of uh, young pitcher prospects. Um, yeah, you're right. There's there's tons of ways the division can totally flip. But um, kind of keep looking around the division. The Rays never really make a big, huge they move. They just stay good. <laughs> they stay good. They're not going to sign anyone huge. They'll um, they'll trade for your 37th round uh, lefty relief pitcher and turn him into – And he'll get – Andrew Miller, yeah, yeah, he'll get twenty <laughs> saves, whatever. But yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I, I don't see the Rays or the Orioles making at all any splashes. The right. Rays are just kind of comfortable. I guess that leaves the Red Sox. And you know, I know they. they Say uh, Suzuki is the rumor. That's the rumor, and I know when they traded away Hunter Renfro, we kind of were just all puzzled by what they just did because I think he he was one of their you know biggest power bats of, of the lineup last year, and they got rid of him, a guy that just probably loved playing in Fenway Park. Um, and had, was actually a good defender with a good arm. So uh, really a, 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 a pretty a pretty good ball player and getting rid of him for Jackie Bradley Jr., who a couple years ago for the Red Sox was a great gold glove center fielder. But right now his bat just wasn't working last year. And so nope. his stock has dropped. And so I think Red Sox fans were thinking, all right, what are we doing now? So maybe getting Suzuki, that really sparks their lineup and what they're able to do. The only thing is, I, I know we kind of talked about it last year. I, I just don't know if if that that same magic and that same luck will last them another season. Um, I don't even know what we're going to get from Chris Sale from what we saw last year in the play, right. playoffs. I mean, he looked like he had been solved. And so who knows what we're going to get from the pitching staff from the Red Sox. So I guess it really just comes down to, um, you know, who is going to show up 
and perform for them this year. They still, of course, have good players. They have they have a good outfield. I know Kike Verdugo are still producing very very well yeah bogarts um, and devarts are just always going to be, be good, constants so. but yeah i think the pitching needs to be addressed losing erod sale probably losing a step in his game um maybe maybe hauk can be a a good uh i guess a good uh starting pitcher if they end up using him there instead of the bullpen but um yeah it's going to be interesting they're going to have to i think add pitching add an outfielder which you know if they add say suzuki that's a definitely a good piece to have um in right field but um yeah i think some moves to be made by them they're going to lose schwarber unless they can keep him and he was a huge piece of their offense um in october of course so and now um, schwarber has a new market the nl you're absolutely right and that's a Charles, great segue because now to the nl teams it just seems like Schwarber's going to be in the NL, right? He Everyone, has to be. Everyone's kind of thinking that there's this whole new pool of teams that say, we need to add a big DH bat. The, the, you know, I mean, anyone could really go for him, but like teams that kind of lack offense in the, in the National League, I mean, I could see Milwaukee trying to get him. I could see I mean, a handful of teams, but we'll, we'll go division by division like we have been. National League, West, Travis, Dodgers have some holes to fill i would say um and freddie freeman is a uh big highlight <laughs> freeman is the rumor um i do think there's a really good shot it happens um does have a house in orange county which is different from where from dodgers SoCal. play but yeah. not far not far at all he'll be kind of like the kobe bryant he'll probably just get a chopper and just you know helicopter uh to the games all the time and so yeah yeah, yeah that's he, def definitely an option yeah but um i guess my thought for them is depending on the health of Muncie is going to affect if you go for Freeman. I do think that Freeman's a good, a good get for them. Um, I think that it comes down to pitching for them. Um, I assume they want to keep Kershaw. I don't know what the money that he'd be asking for is. I assume he'd take less to stay. I'm not really sure, but um, a lot up in the air for them, Travis, because I truthfully have no idea when Trevor Bauer is going to play baseball again. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's, it's kind of a, He's just, he's really he, just he, taking money. Yeah. He's kind of he who must not be named right now. But if he's just like cleared to play this season, like what if like in a month they just say he's cleared to play? He gets disciplined, like, like a, like a, maybe he gets like a 60, a 60 day suspension that might for do, that, that might domestic do more violence or something. Locker room, though. Yeah. Right. But, but what do you do? I mean, you, you can't cut him. I, you, I, then you're just paying him all that I, money. I think for the Dodgers management would just say to themselves, we got to eat the salary. It's 40 something million dollars. We're going to be literally losing, but I just don't know if it's better. I mean, I, again, you know, you hate to give that kind of money away for a performer. That's he, he's a good performer. He, he's a former Cy Young winner. He was doing Charles, very well. If he was completely absolved and we knew that he was, you know, there was nothing wrong. Could you imagine that if they just kept Kershaw, they could have the best rotation in baseball next year. They could have Bueller, wow. Kershaw, Urias, Bauer, and May. It'd be like, up there. That it'd, be, is, it'd be up there with the greats that, of that, all time. Yeah. So like yeah. I feel like they have this pitching problem because May is hurt and Kershaw's not re-signed yet and Bauer's in court. But <laughs> but but like yeah. but in, in in truth, in all truth, uh like it could look amazing or it could look really questionable. And it really comes down to this Bauer question. And May, I don't even know May, when, of course, is I healing. I don't even know when May is truthfully back. Is it July or it's something? It's probably like mid-season. Yeah. yeah. And, and then and, Kershaw has the question as well. And and, and Gonsolin is is good. He's been proven to be good through this through, you know, the regular season. Um, postseason been a little bit different, but I think he's a guy that can definitely eat up innings. I mean, he can easily get you a hundred innings in a year oh, and, yeah. and and still be, you know, a three seven ERA kind of guy where yep. he's gonna get you through the season. So starting pitching, um 
I don't really know if there's really too much of a concern right there. I, 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 it just, I, and the Dodgers, again, they don't have to make any moves and they're probably still going to be a 95 plus one team. You know, yes. they can still win a lot of games with, with the, with the roster they have, but without Muncie, um, I think that definitely opens the door of finding a first baseman. And I think finding a guy like Freddie Freeman, they can give him, um, they can give him short term and a lot of money. Probably they're probably hoping to say, "Hey, Freeman, we can give you. We, we can give you. I, I don't even know if they give him forty million a year, but they could say, hey, 'Hey, we'll give you three years, one hundred twenty million dollars to play for us. Um, we need you for the next three years because that's how long you're probably still going to be a very, very much still in kind of in your prime. And so um, they could see moves like that. And uh, with the DH, you know, they could get some other players as well. Uh, another thought, Travis. Um... Jansen could leave. He could go elsewhere. Um, I could really see them making a, a move for an elite closer. I think yeah. they're just, you know, Dodgers are a team that they're just down to re-up. We're going to re-up. We're going to go big. We're going to try to win a ring this year. If that's their mindset. I could see them going for a hater or a Kimbrel. Very true. They could trade maybe like a Lux, someone like that for a closer. That could make a lot of sense because yep. you re-signed. You kept, uh, you kept Chris Taylor. He could play second base. You might not, you might not need Lux that much. Um, of course, Chris Taylor is going to be a utility man, so um, he may. Once he can play some, can, can se- play second some second base as base. well. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm trying to think of you know I think there's lots of moves on the table for a team like the Dodgers. Um, also, they, of course, they have Kniebel. I think he's still on contract. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of uh, who am I thinking of? <laughs> Trinan. I'm thinking of Trinan. Trinan yeah. Who's, Trinan, who is awesome? He could be a great. He could be great. Great closer. An yeah. elite setup yeah. man. Um, who could be their closer next year. Yeah. If he can repeat what he did this last season, he is going to be totally dominant for them. So um, I think Dodgers do have moves to be made. They have their work cut out for them, but they kind of continue to succeed as a front office. So I'm not too worried about them. And I've always seen them as a, as a kind of team that literally could still, with, with the DH rule now, I don't know why I've always seen them as a, as a favorite to go out there and get like I like Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz being one of the best, like honestly, one of the best hitters in the past couple of seasons. I know when he got traded to... Uh, Tampa, it kind of it kind of flamed out. He did not produce as well as he's doing with the Twins. But imagine having Nelson Cruz in there. I mean, even if you only want him to face lefties, but I mean that bat with that lineup. I mean that would just be another great option. Huge even, protection, yeah. Yeah, and so um, it would definitely be a, a a better right-handed hitter than our Pujols. But our Pujols still did very well against the lefties, and you could just maybe do the same thing with Cruz. Um, but again, a lot of NL teams could do the same thing with Cruz. But um, I, I don't think the Dodgers are anywhere near uh, being done. I, I think they right. definitely they still have to make their their statement to the league in free agency, like they always do every single season. Mookie Betts, you know, Trevor Bauer, they still need to make the statement. So I'm still uh, waiting for that statement kind of move. And honestly, that could be Freddie Freeman. So um, it just it will, we'll see kind of what happens with after this lockout. But again not really done with them um seeing any moves now of course the diamondbacks and the rockies i don't see making any moves so i think you're right yeah. there i think all their <laughs> trades moves, maybe <laughs> their moves are going to be really small and and few and far between but a team that travis that will probably re-up and try to bounce back from last season is of course the padres yeah. underperformed in a major way we thought it was going to be as huge uh race between Padres and Dodgers ended up being Dodgers and Giants with the Padres actually finished. I think they had a losing record, which was yeah, super, yeah. super surprising. And that's what cost uh, Tingler his job, of course, because right. with, the, with the roster like that, even though Tatis got hurt for about a month, you, you still, you're expected to at least finish above 500 with that roster. So, so Travis, what moves could you like seeing for, if you're the Padres, um, if you're a Padres fan, what areas need to be addressed? Cause 
it seems like they're pretty stacked. Things just yeah. didn't really work out. Tatis had some injuries. Um, Tatis being an outfielder, is that something you look at long-term? Do you go for a shortstop, have Tatis in the outfield? Do you go for a first baseman because Hosmer has been struggling? Do you go for more pitching, even though you have Clevenger coming back? Um, do you go for, you know, what, what, what's your thought process? Yeah, you got a lot of, you, you know, the Padres still have a lot of prospects, a lot of good guys they could still trade. Um, yes. I still, I and, and I'll say this about another team, but I, I love Matt Olson wearing pinstripe, you know, Padre, I don't even know what color that is. Brown, Brown and, and yellow. yellow. But um, I would, I mean, I, I could not imagine a team or, uh, you know, an infield with Olsen, Cronenworth. Um, Tatis Machado. Tatis Machado with also. Could um, be the best offensive with, infield we've seen. With, with uh, Haseon Kim also being kind of a utility guy to play short and yeah. also second base. Um, and then, of course, if you try to, of course, try to trade Hosmer. But with this contract, I don't know if a lot of teams would bite or you'd be paying a lot of it. Hosmer could literally be a guy where he's just, of course, a right-handed hitter, pinch hitter, and DH because yes. still, of course, riding a good bat. But man, I mean, that would be a pretty scary um, infield. And I think every pitching staff in the NL would be f- just frightened to go I, and play I, that. <laughs> I think you're right. That would be totally a, a, a power move by the Padres. And they also, in doing that, um, the A's would be happy to take a prospect off them. Yeah. Uh, like a CJ Abrams typer. Yeah. They have other pitchers. They have Gore too, you know. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure who they're willing to part with, but it seems like based on the offseason last year, they were totally okay with giving up, you know, lots of names for Snell, for Darvish, and, and for Musgrove. And they said, let's go, let's be good this year. Yep. It didn't work out. And now you got Clevenger back too. Clevenger coming back. I think Darvish probably bounced back at least a little bit. Snell, Snell and Darvish have to, I think, bounce back and get back to, you know, Musgrove had a great year though. Yeah, it's like I think yeah. there's lots to like. Um, but they have something to prove, right? And so I think that, you know, they need to do something big. Olsen would be big. Cruz is DH is an option if they went for like a big DH slugger. Um I, I, I like a lot of their pieces, but they do need to add something else to kind of keep up with the Dodgers and, and the other teams. The Giants, Travis, I think that their mindset is always just kind of then i think they're not going to make a huge they're going to roll with their team yeah they're they, gonna, they, they made some good re-signings with the pitching and of yeah. course bringing back bringing in alex cobb um but i i think they're kind of just saying you know i, I don't what? see them going they're not going to go for a correa i don't no, think no. i mean at the very like slightest, they already got crawford yeah so yeah i mean they, they extended crawford you're right so like he's almost like locked in there um i could see them getting you know someone who's a solid utility guy. They, I think they like the idea of how they had Bryant for multiple positions all at once, kind of in the playoffs. But um, I don't really see them keeping Bryant, and I really, I, I don't see them making a huge splash. But I do think that they're gonna kind of continue to retool, add a, probably a couple position players, and uh, and get ready for the try to compete again. I think they can compete again, but um, last year is gonna be hard to, hard to duplicate for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, NL Central, Travis. A lot of teams that could benefit from adding a couple guys. So I'll start with the Brewers. We talk about them a lot because of how good their pitching is, but how lacking their bats were. It really kept them from getting hot in the postseason. We're not able to get run support. Um, of course, you hope for a Yelich bounce back, but let's just let's just address the elephant in the room. They need bigger bats. They need better hitters. Who can they go for? What do you think is a smart move for them? Yeah, and having I think it's uh Avicel Garcia, he yeah. he's out. Yes. He's on the Marlins now. Yes. Um, they did add Renfro. 
That's right. Did that run for I'm, all this stuff's coming back to me. It feels like it's been three yes. years since we've been talking about this. But I, I think we've I've always been comfortable with saying Bryant and Castellanos. I think both those guys would be huge, huge pieces. Bryant, of course, playing in you know the North Chicago area his whole life. Milwaukee, I think, is just seventy miles more north and so literally would be in that same area of the united states he'd be an excellent piece to have in the outfield also at third base castellanos being a huge power bat in the outfield um i i think woodruff and um corin burns, burns could both win 20 games yeah. i mean if they got their offense together and just imagine if yelich could bounce back if yelich could go back to having almost a semi 2018 kinda, just kind of be all-star like yeah a, a 950 ops pretty much is, is all we're literally asking from him. That would be a good, uh, th- that'd be a great offense. And honestly too, um, Adamus has, was very well last year at shortstop. I think he is, is, uh, kind of earned his spot at the shortstop position. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the main thing for the brewers is get offense. You can get, if you get offense, you will be looking pretty, you know, pretty good because the pitching staff, th- th- that's at least the one problem that I love that they have is they have the, the pitching staff is not, not a problem at all. Not a worry at all. You look at the top three with the closer of hater. I mean, that's pretty locked down. Devin Williams coming back too after I think breaking his hand by punching something in a celebration. So Can't um, believe it. you literally have an eight, nine uh, duo that is so good. And then of course a trio in the rotation that is, uh, magnificent. Maybe even adding another starting pitcher that could even you know benefit a guy that's going to be more of a low profile kind of guy. But I think offense has to be the main piece um, to get for for this team to be successful. But I, I think they're still again they're, they're still favorites right now to go into um, into the 2022 season. Uh, they just they kind of check off all the boxes. The only team that really makes um, probably make them worry is the St. Louis Cardinals, of course. Yes. And, and we'll kind of transition there got mats so they kind of of course addressed and got another starting pitcher i don't think they're going to go out there and get any more starting pitching um right now i mean their whole team almost won the gold glove i mean they literally had the best defense when it comes to hardware last season um i think having bader and o'neill in the outfield as well with uh carlson carlson that's going to be the the main outfield going forward and then of course goldschmidt and arenado on the corners and then you have uh second baseman I think edmund. edmund yes and then, and then i know they have edmundo sosa had like a really sneaky like year when they got on that hot run so he could be their shortstop going but i forward. could imagine too a shortstop getting getting them a good i mean I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I mean, I mean, a story or Correa at shortstop there. I don't think I don't think they have the money probably to, to spend on that kind of guy. But um, man, oh, man, I mean, imagine that left side with Arenado to have a guy. Imagine story going to St. Louis, bringing the Colorado left side over to St. Louis. That would be crazy. Um, and also, if you have, you know, Correa going to the Cardinals, too. Um, yeah, I, I think the Cardinals right now are pretty set. They're not going to make too many more moves. Um I, I, I feel don't, like I don't if, see, yeah, yeah, I feel like if anything, they go for another pitcher. Math was a good little ad, but um, probably not moving the moving the needle a ton. Yeah, um, I could see them, yeah, trying to add someone to the Wainwright. You know, getting older, Flaherty needs to kind of bounce yeah. back to that big year he had in 2019. And Dakota Hudson, I think he's just kind of that middle towards the end of the rotation kind of guy. Not going to give you, I mean, not probably not going to give you just like ace worthy stuff. But he's of course a good guy to fill in there. But I think Wainwright. Flaherty, Mats are your top three probably right now. So yeah, so maybe you want to add one more to that mix and try to uh, continue uh, competing with the the Brewers pitching wise. But um, looking at the rest of the division, 
Um, Cubs got Stroman, which I, I guess was kind of just the biggest question mark. We just don't and, know what that means. But uh, apparently they're in on on Korea. Apparently their people are saying that they're down to spend some money on Korea. I don't know how that. I mean, obviously, what I will say is, if an owner is trying to spend more money to make their team better, I'm not going to say that's shameful. You know, do what you got to do to you know please the fans. The yep. fans will love Korea, I'm sure. But my only mindset, my only like hiccup with that is, I just don't. I don't think that if they even add Korea, they're going to be competitive in the they're division. Still, they're still the third place team. I feel like you I know? think so. I think they were already like a 500 team, and then they sold Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. They lost tons of value. Um, of course, Darvish traded away as well. It's like you were not that dominant when you had all them. You <laughs> yeah, cut, no. you cut all of them. You trade them all away. Um, I thought they kind of would take a slower approach to retooling, you know, let wisdom get a little bit better, continue to grow. You traded for Madrigal, wait for him to kind of grow a bit yep, more into yep. a, 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 hopefully a young, uh, star kind blooming, of guy. blooming yeah. star. So, uh, I thought that maybe they'd trade, uh, Wilson Contreras and, and some other guys and try to build a younger core, but they went and got Stroman. They are talking about getting potentially Correa. So if they did get Correa, I mean, that's something. It's not nothing. Uh, I think they would ha- they yeah. would have to be considered. I just think I would, would still be favoring both the Cardinals and the Brewers above them as they stand. Yeah, I, I don't see them at all uh, giving the Cardinals and the and the Brewers really much trouble. So I, I think the Cubs are just kind of that middle ground team, much like the Reds. The Reds, I think, are just kind of the Reds. In my opinion, are a team that they they need to probably start selling some of these guys. I mean, we talked about with Castillo. That I think they just need to get a guy like him out of there. Votto's getting older. Votto probably in 2 3 years will probably be retired. Um they're going to be have to start looking for a first baseman and I, I just don't know about the Cincinnati Reds right now with with yeah, moving I, forward either. I think this past year they had a great shot at making the playoffs. They did not make it. Um I think they kind of missed their missed their shot even though there's a 16 possibly you know i think they kind of missed their spot i think you're right i think that you know vado aging i think they gotta they gotta try to get guys on the same age as like india and like stevenson like they have like some some young talent um they should try to build around that kind of core i think that you know this moustakis and like (laughs) eugenio suarez era is like not that era is not going to see a big playoff run so i think they should try to um, let those contracts expire while trading some of your big names that you could get real young prospects for. I think if they could add, you know, like we said, obviously, I don't want to sound like we're being too much of angel homers, but if they could get like a Adele and Adele could be a young star with India, like getting guys that are all kind of that same wavelength, they could try to build to be the next big team once the Cardinals start aging kind of. Exactly. That's my thought process. So, um, and that makes a lot of sense because, you're gonna lose castellanos like you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of value yeah i'd be i I, you know india's your star and he's the guy you want to kind of build around i think that getting guys more of his age group and um yeah just trading some of your your studs that have been doing well get players like him like adele for some reason um you could build yourself a really nice team where almost like the age gap is like five years apart for everybody almost you know a couple a couple older guys but you know i think that'd be the best thing for the uh for the reds uh moving forward um, with the pirates, uh, I think it's, I think it's get rid of Brian Reynolds, uh, you see what you can get for him. And yeah, because he, he's a guy that had a very nice 2021. And I think if I was a pot, if I was a pirates fan, I would say, please, that's the one name I want, I want to hear is going to be gone. Like I, I, I not saying you hate him just because you can at least get some more prospects back. You, you know, Brian Reynolds is probably not going to be 
uh, you know, he should be he should he should be making good money wherever he goes. He's a good yeah. player. I think it, he started on the All Star team last year. So um, that that's a guy that I really think needs to get traded as well with some other good good young players too contenders i I, so. I think the pirates have a bright future cabrian hayes uh we were talking online Travis, about o'neill cruz their shortstop yeah. prospect who's like six seven and he like created player he he looks like he's from a video game because he just kind of flicks the bat at the ball and it's hitting off the wall somehow and he's super fast and he's six seven playing shortstop but um i think that they have a bright future where they need to kind of capitalize uh like you said trading reynolds for a valuable youngsters would be a good move um already traded stallings uh to miami for, yep. for youngsters so um i think they have to i think my mindset is always if you're going to go that path you have to commit get rid of everybody yeah the fans will hurt for a little bit but i would be more i i would i would be more comfortable with that than being because you're going to be fourth or fifth anyways then yeah Commit to that. I right now I'd be I'd be way way happier with that than being a Rockies fan, where you're keeping on to these all stars and these good performers, and you know you're not going to finish in the top three. Yeah, you know, so you're, you're letting story expire. Exactly, getting nothing for Blackman. You're, you're you literally had Blackman who was insanely hot. I think in 2020, you yeah. could get you could have got him and Marquez and Story, all these guys out of there for some very good prospects yeah. in, in my opinion so um yeah uh, the, the pirates are a kind of team that i think they need to commit to kind of um tanking and you know get some prospects to build for the next five years or so but alex last division nl east it's very similar to the al east a lot of stacked teams i mean right now we're looking at the atlanta braves they have so many guys who are still free agents from that championship run freeman Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, Duvall—they are all huge performers for from that 2021 World Series championship. So you think that they would definitely be aiming to get some of these guys back? I think Soler will probably be back. DH role, if it's opened up, he would thrive there. I think Duvall will be back, and I think also um, Rosario probably will be back. A lot of these guys you probably get back on you know deals that are under 10 million dollars or so because they're. They're not superstars. They're just guys that had really good Octobers, and that probably will increase their their pay a little bit. But um, I think they're just very good role players. You still know Acuna is your guy that's waiting for his opportunity to come back. And then, of course, the big elephant in the room, Freddie Freeman. What are you going to do with that? They are this other team that I'll bring up with the whole Matt Olson. Um, I guess my dream scenario for the Atlanta Braves, Alex, is trade Swanson and a couple of your prospects, maybe even some, you know, Pache or something like that. Trade some guys, get Olsen to play first base, go sign Correa or Story. That, in my opinion, would just be, that That would be a pretty insane upgrade from your 2021 championship team. I mean, imagine Olsen, Acuna, Correa, Austin Riley, Albies, you know, and then a couple other guys. Would be crazy for sure. I mean, with that pitching staff, that would be, in my opinion, I, I think the I think that Atlanta has a lot of, they, they have some really fun ideas that they can really draw up because they do have prospects. They do have pitching they can get rid of if they wanted to. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it's it's a fun division because um, I, I guess I'll add anything you want to add with the Braves that you see. No, I remember you bringing up that idea to me and it did make a lot of sense if they wanted to make a huge splash if they knew that the money that they were offering Freeman just was not lining up if they didn't think it was going to be the right, you know, agreement for a contract for him. 
getting Olsen to replace Freeman is one of the it's one of the only ways you can upgrade from Freeman is getting <laughs> exactly. a guy who's just pretty much the same but younger and probably better defender. So and less money. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So like that would be truly uh, a remarkable, uh, I guess, kind of flip if they could pull that off. Um, I do think that they do need to make some moves. I think you know, obviously, if they don't keep the guys that are free agents, they're gonna have a lot of holes. Yeah. Outfield holes, first base holes. Um, their pitching is all kind of young, so they're not gonna be too. Uh, troubled there but um yeah i think that they need to uh get creative and your idea makes lots lots of sense um looking at other teams in the division like the mets it feels like their work's almost done you if you're a mets fan you really want them to add something else maybe it be an outfielder maybe you trade for like a jose ramirez maybe you sign like a chris bryant i, I don't know why i see kenley jansen sign there i don't know the why. mets the mets Interesting. I, I, I see him i see him doing their last splash and getting Jansen, who was very good last year still. I don't know why. I just see him going to a big market like that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I I, I think... That's, that's very interesting, though. He would be... I, I They still have um, Edwin Diaz. Yeah. And I think... I guess I really don't know. I mean, I guess you'd, you'd have to probably use Jansen instead of Diaz, but I mean, yeah. it would be a it'd be a good bullpen. Um, I, I just see... I just see Jansen signing with a big market team. And I think with the way the Mets have been doing, if not the Mets, I think the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers and the Mets are Jansen's two obvious picks, but I, I don't know why I, I, I like Jansen going to the Mets. Um, I think that they're just, they're still, they're, they're not, I, I hate to say it. But I think they're not done yet. I, I literally think they still have more to improve. I think they want to guarantee a spot in October and um, everything they've gotten is done very very well in, in almost guaranteeing a spot but i feel like they just need to add that last piece i think the bullpen would be the last piece to add so that, that yeah that's you know i totally respect that take it would be a, a big a time add if they did get like a legit lockdown closer to compliment of course you don't want anyone blowing games for Degrom and scherzer spending all that money on those guys just to have a bullpen that's going to blow it. it's not going to work so that could make sense i really feel like their missing piece might be an infielder i think that or, you know, honestly, like, I mean, it, I think almost every single team you could say they should go get Bryant. But yeah, because yeah. he plays everywhere. But I do think that third base and outfield, they could use Bryant. He'd be a great kind of utility guy. He can play, like I said, uh, third base and then platoon outfield when needed. Um, they have, you know, of course, uh, Nimmo. They have uh, uh, Marte that they signed. but Marte, um, Canna, at at Eduardo oh, Escobar. Yeah. Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. There's I a guess, lot of guys you've got about. Yeah. I guess Eduardo could be third base. He could be second base. Yeah. Like There's kind of third, op- second. options mm-hmm. they have there. Can be outfield. I'm not sure what their plans are for McNeil, but if you did like a McNeil and like a couple big name prospects for like a Jose Ramirez, like they could end up having like very true one of the most stacked teams um, very true. lineup wise. Get Cleveland's left side in into just, queens <laughs> just, 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 just rob it just yeah, rob it from yeah, them but yeah. yeah i do think that they need to do a little something of course their dh spot is another point of contention maybe if um Schwerber. maybe if <laughs> well that, that, that could be an option but i was th- thinking if alonzo is going to be your dh yeah you only want a first baseman you could put maybe eduardo i know eduardo played some first base uh eduardo did, Escobar. did play there as well yeah i know he can yeah, yeah. yeah. um i think olsen was taking the job but yeah he can play first um, with that in mind, you know, options open up for guys like Bryant, Ramirez, many others, of course. They could even go for a shortstop if they wanted to put him at third base. Um, but, yeah, I think that the Mets, I I could not agree more with your take that the owner wants to bring home hardware. He wants to win big time. 
I don't think they're done. I think they're going to continue to add. Yeah. Um, question is where? We'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm going to stop at the Nationals real quick. Don't really see them being competitive, but Travis, just briefly, let's talk about Soto. He was in the, in the headlines a couple weeks ago as people saying, you know, he declined a 10-year, I forget what it was, 300-something million. Three, I, I think it was like 370, almost three. It, it was a lot. I mean, it was like 350. I think I think it was 350. I think it was 350. I think we're looking at 35 mil AAV, yeah. For 10 years, yeah. he declined. I think it he was a, four. <laughs> I think it was a good move. I think, honestly, I if I had to bet like over under... I would. I think I would bet over five hundred million. I think he's gonna get it. I just. I just. Pat Mahomes money. I think it will be the biggest guaranteed contract in sports, but um, in, in American sports at least. Artie, get, get the <laughs> checkbook out. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know who's gonna give it to him. Hey, it's not gonna be the Nationals. I, I. I don't think it's gonna be the Nationals. Right. At all. Yeah. Right. But I. I. I think that it was wise of him to test the market. Um, it is a bold move. You're praying for your own health and for your skills to maintain. He's the type of player who I think is going to age very gracefully because does not really rely on like raw athleticism. It's mostly all about his great. Uh, I mean, he's good at contact. He's good at power, but his amazing eye is really why he's you know considered a top two, top three player in baseball. Um, do you? It's not gonna happen this year, but he. I mean, you know, who knows? But he could get traded anytime. But if they decide to trade him, Travis, because they know they're not gonna be able to afford him, they're not gonna be able to extend him. What makes sense to you? Which teams? I mean, of course, every team wants a Juan Soto. Angels. But yeah. which team? You're on that right now. I yeah. hear you really want him. But uh, of course, every team would want Juan Soto. What team makes sense to you? Who needs an outfielder that's gonna like be a generational kind of guy? Listen, the Angels get him. You're literally getting the, okay. the, the today's <laughs> version of Ted Williams and Mickey Mantle. So you might as well just get the history all in one outfield. No, um, I know we've talked about it before, and when it comes to trades, I mean. <laughs> We bring this team up again because they're just they're so hot in the trade market. But it's, it's San Diego Padres. I mean, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, just imagine him and Tatis, Tatis for a decade. Would now? Here's my only thing. I don't think they would give. I, I don't. That's the thing. Would you trade a guy knowing you're not going to sign him? San Diego would be. They'd be giving. I think they'd be giving eight hundred million dollars, almost a billion dollars to three players: Machado, yeah. Tatis, Soto. That. I have never seen before yeah. and that I don't know. And I don't even know if San Diego is a market that's big enough to even like hold something like that. A lot of people said Dodgers because of course Dodgers could afford something like that because they even had pictures of uh Soto. I think he was at the, uh, I think he was rooting for, I, I, he was at the Dodger Tra playoff game. Yeah. Trey Turner. Trey Turner and Scherzer. That's right. That's right. So yeah, he, he was at the Dodger playoff game. So people said Dodgers of course, and that of course can make sense. I mean, a Mookie Betts, Soto corner outfield would just be if, if Cody can come back to MVP form, that would be the best outfield of all time. It just would be, if, if, yeah. You, 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 I would have to do a lot of digging on that one, but that would be stupid. Just, it would imagine. I if, don't know, man. I mean, Cody Bellinger right now. I do. Who I said, who is I, this guy? I said, if Bellinger returns <laughs> know, to MVP form, Soto bets Bellinger would be the best outfield of all time. Uh, I think, uh, I think last year's Angels outfield probably is better, but uh, I Dodgers make a lot of sense. Yankees, of course, have to make a lot of sense because um, they have the money. They've always had the money uh, when it comes to getting big contracts. Um, maybe they instead of using that money for Judge, they signed Soto. 
Uh, maybe they sign both. Maybe they get Soto and Judge as a corner outfield, and that would be a pretty legendary outfield right there too. So I think that maybe if they if they miss out on the shortstop in the first base and they say, you know what, screw it, we got to get a guy like Soto. So I, I I definitely, of course, see Dodgers. I see Yankees. I see even Padres to somehow entertain the idea. Um, I think Nationals, of course, would be looking to get some very good prospects in return. So uh you know in in a dream scenario alex am i sending detmers adele and marsh for soto of course i'm i i i I cannot i could not imagine this lineup with those two guys playing in it and especially having soto who could be signed long term it would be it it would be be interesting i mean it it would be very interesting I, i i don't i don't think that would get done i really don't know what kind of Hall, a guy like Soto with a couple years on his deal, would require it. Would you're pretty much trading for like a lock for top five MVP kind of guy? Uh, I just don't. I I don't know what a team would have to give up to get him. But I do think that he. I think that'll be the big thing in a, in a year or two. I think it'll be okay. Soto is on the trade block. Who's who's who wants to make the huge the huge uh, and maybe even steal a, the show in that maybe offseason. even Acuna too because I mean let's just say the Braves just kind of can I don't want to say they're just going to kind of go away they still have a lot of young pitchers so I think they're still built for the twenties at least um, with Acuna being so young and also their starting staff still being pretty pretty young um, I don't think they're going to go away but it'd be interesting with him and Acuna if they could both you know really get a lot of uh, you know trade rumors going. Um, it'd be crazy to see those two guys on different, you know, different teams. But yeah, Soto will be interesting because with, with the decline, I don't even know what's going to happen with Strasburg, um, with Scherzer gone and trade Turner gone with trading, trading Turner was the, was the clear identity of the nationals. I think saying we won the championship time to rebuild. It's time to rebuild. And I just don't know why, I guess because Soto is so good, and that's what the Angels did with Mike Trout. Why would you trade away a general gener, generation like talent like that? But at the same time, let's be a little smart here. Um, we can get a lot of pieces for a guy like Soto. We could literally t- turn this almost this seven year, ten year rebuild into a possible four or five year rebuild. Literally get all these young pieces and be off off and running. You know, but yeah. I'm, He's he's so good. I just it, and, and with that much money, a, a team would really have to be looking at their pockets a decade, fifteen years down the road, and say, okay, do we have this freed up space for this guy? Like you know, to bring in a guy like Soto because we're gonna have to give the guy. I mean, he's gonna be making north of thirty five million every year. So you yeah, know, you're gonna have to give him a lot of money. He's gonna have to get Tatis money, especially because um, he's so young. I mean, right now, I mean, he was twenty two last season. I mean. I, if I was if I was the Nationals, I'd give him a twenty year deal. I mean, lock him up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's a guy that yeah he twenty he, years one billion. He doing it? Sh- <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, you say um, one billion or one million? One billion. Oh, I thought you with, said one million. With exactly. the B. That would be. But but obviously, lock it in. No, I'm just uh, obviously, yeah, that's. Uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I'll just say that. Um, but we'll we'll keep it moving before we wrap up here. Philly is one last team that is definitely like looking to do something. I would say their pitching, I would say with Nola and Wheeler is good at the top. Could maybe use one more arm of depth. I know they have Ranger Suarez. People are saying that he uh, could be a starter next season. He did both bullpen and starter work uh, in 2021. Um, had a really good ERA. Um, would try to recreate it, of course. But 
Meyer, I think their Meyer, big Meyer to start holes. looking for a right fielder because Bryce Harper could be leaving to play for Japan. So uh, you're right. Yes, that was a funny <laughs> viral image today. Um, for those that didn't see it, just kind of in response to the CBA stuff, Harper photoshopped into a, a Yomori Giants uniform, and I, I do think that um, you know that's all kind of that's all fun and games. It's yeah. all fun yeah. and games, but you mentioned outfield, and I immediately thought that they're losing McCutcheon, who was you know getting yeah. real real minutes or real you know innings for them, real games for them. Uh, I think that they do have holes in the outfield. I think, you know, left and center need to be addressed. I think that shortstop probably needs to be addressed as well. Um, Gregorius was not was not it, to say the least, um, last season. But I think they have a good amount to figure out. Um, I think Bohm probably becomes a DH. I think his fielding numbers, uh, analytic, analytics-wise, have been, like, pretty atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um Hoskins also is a DH candidate, you know, but he could probably stay at first. I could really see them um, making a move because Dombrowski, we know, is down to make big deals. I think that if they went in for a third baseman, outfielder, um, shortstop, I think that, I mean, there's multiple holes, but I think that upside they have with having Harper, who's been an MVP kind of guy, Rian Muto, who's been getting MVP votes last few seasons, um, and then uh, almost a reigning Cy Young, a second-place Cy Young finish. Nola, who I think is due for a bounce back. A lot to like, I would say, um, about the Phillies. Division is not open, but it's kind of open. They could definitely be in a wild-card hunt if they make the right moves this offseason. Any any ideas uh, that you might like to see free agents that they could try to pursue before uh, before the season starts? Yeah, I, I, think, I think a shortstop has to be abundantly clear because i mean De- De- gregorius was not the mm-hmm. answer and i think that i i was really thinking correa would be a, a huge push for the phillies to go out there and get if not him to get story um with that also i think getting more outfielders is is going to be something they need to look at as well i think even a left fielder you could put castellanos in left field i know we kind of i feel like castellanos and bryant are always like the guys that you could literally play at different spots and a team would be very successful with them there because they're very good at they're very good at what they do when it comes to you know hitting the baseball also playing their position but um i think getting a guy like that possibly getting some Maybe it maybe like you know, maybe older guy like Zach Granke to be the the fifth starter, someone who can just eat up innings and still get you, you know, still have like a four ten ERA as your number five guy. Um, he could be a good guy to kind of wrap up the rotation, but um I, I know they've made some adjustments to their uh to their bullpen. Um and, and maybe even making more adjustments would be the big thing. Cause I know 2020, I think they had like a nine ERA in their bullpen. So that was always one thing they said. The Phillies, if they can get that figured out, they could be a good team. But um, I think they're in a, they're in, they're in a position also where they really, I think need to figure out, um, just figure out kind of where they're going. Cause last year I feel like they were, they, they, they had the division lead, I think for a couple, couple, like almost they a week. Did, they did. And with the Mets late, late in the season, yeah, with the Mets sinking and the, the Braves, we didn't really know what was going to happen with them. We kind of thought, man, I mean, the, the, the Phillies could really take this this year because, um, Acuna's out. The Mets don't seem to be, you know, Lindor is not playing up to his uh, up to his standards or what we we think he should be playing up to. The Met, the Phillies can really do it. They they kind of lost it the last week of the season, and then the Braves went on to win the World Series. And of course, that probably really stung for them because that could have been them almost if they would have finished, um, you know, at the eighty eight win mark or something like that. But um, yeah, it just feels like that the, the Phillies are a team that's that's going to be one of the best, almost third third place teams. I feel like, but. I just don't know if they have enough to get into October right now with what the Mets have done and with, you know, hopefully with what the Braves could do. If the Braves don't do anything, 
I mean, Phillies right now are looking at a really good spot at being, uh, you know, a team that could really compete for a division and if not really compete for a wild card spot. But um, I think they do, they definitely still have some more work to do. Yeah, we're, we're in agreement there. Um, and the, the Marlins, we already talked about them. I don't think there's much to add. They seem like they're in rebuild mode. They just lost their CEO and president. So it's probably looking like not a huge offseason incoming. They were making moves. They went for Avisel Garcia. They went got Stallings. They have young pitchers, but they're probably a few years away from making the huge, huge splash. Um, and I, actually, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go back to what we were talking about a couple minutes ago. That is one team I honestly don't. I, I actually can see Soto being moved to. I don't, oh, yeah? know, I don't know why. I think that nationals could say they have prospects let's get some prospects and the marlins could say enough is enough i think it's we need to have that statement player come in and um i think south florida would just embrace soto so much um and i i mean i i, I know it would it would be the type of move that says the rebuild is over we're ready to win yeah it, it could be huge it, it could be really huge and and i think that they, they they've shown signs of of having a lot of money i know i know back when they first opened the ballpark in 2012 they were one of the favorites to land our pujols who was you know looking at getting of course 240 million they were looking at getting some really big starting pitching they get i think they got mark burley and a couple other guys but um i mean i, I could really see the marlins just saying you know what let's make that franchise move now and let's go get a guy like Soto and let's pay him the money that he deserves and let's get him the money. So I, it was funny to think about, I don't know why I thought the Marlins, but you know, they can make a lot of sense too, by getting uh, a guy like Soto and really ending the, the, the years of, I guess, frustration of, you know, always missing out on the playoffs. But yeah, that was, that was one key part, part I thought about adding uh, for the Soto mix. Yeah. Well, I guess there's one good pro for you uh, Marlins fans. We, you know, maybe Soto's in your horizon. We'll have to wait and see. But, <laughs> but Travis, one interesting point I'll end on is um, I was watching like a foolish baseball YouTube video and he mentioned uh, a cool idea that I never really thought of like this. And they, they kind of asked, someone asked him like, when does, uh, Julio Rodriguez get called up was the question. And he kind of said, well, for the Mariners, whenever they do call him up, it means they're going from rebuilder to contender. And that's like, that's like the switch that happens. And he said it happened with Acuna and the Braves. When he got called up, there was a switch. And it's like, this is a new era. And it's like the Acuna era, right? Happened with Tatis and the Padres. He gets called up, something switches, they're contenders now. He Sorry, thinks, it's the Mariners. He thinks that's gonna happen with the Mariners, right? So like he thinks, you know, maybe they're not gonna be dominant, but like yeah, he, he no, thinks yeah. J Rod getting called up, he's that kind of generational talent that's gonna flip a switch. Whoever trades for Soto, it's almost the same thing. That's yeah. why that's why this came to my mind. Because if someone is kind of working their way up, uh, they have some nice young talent, they get to like a five hundred season, they could just trade for Soto and it's almost like they might flip a switch where yeah. the whole franchise, the vibe kind of changes. They're in more of a winning mode and uh, it'll help them, I'm sure, you know, uh, in more ways than one. But that was just a funny little thought I had. But that pretty much wraps up the episode. Um, no closing thoughts. That's pretty much everything. Um, Wait till we uh, find some answers. Yeah, we, we, we'll get back to you guys um, as soon as there's updates on the CBA stuff. But I truthfully don't anticipate anything happening too, um, uh, too close in the immediate future. Um but yeah, we'll keep you guys informed as things come to light. So uh, if you made it this far, thanks so much. Give us a nice five-star rating or leave a comment or whatever you want to do. Uh, we appreciate the support as always. We'll talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>